Hi there, it's so great to be with you. Um, I'm excited to really share with you what God has put on my heart. We're going to be carrying on through our Good News Shoes series. Um, throughout this series, we've been really sort of living with the words from Ephesians 6 verse 15 that say, As shoes for your feet, put on readiness to share the gospel of peace. And we're talking about really what it means for us um, as followers of Jesus to bring the values and the experience of the kingdom of God wherever we go. Because when Christians put on these shoes, we really do have good news. We really do carry a great message of hope and life and joy to the world around us. And today, we're going to be looking at what it means to put on a pair of platform shoes in readiness to share the gospel of peace. And I'll explain a little bit more as I go throughout my talk today about what that means, why platform shoes. But I want to focus us in on just a few verses in Acts chapter 5. So let's read those together. So it says this, The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet in Solomon's colonnade. That's a a part of the, the temple in Jerusalem where the believers often met. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from towns around Jerusalem bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Then the high priests and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, these are people who didn't believe in the physical resurrection, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. So just to recap the story so far, I guess, um, catching us up on where the disciples have come from. So these disciples, the, the followers of Jesus, have been on a bit of a roller coaster ride, really, with, uh, with their relationship with Jesus up to this point. Jesus, during his earthly ministry, has spent about three years with his disciples, walking the earth with his disciples, going everywhere with them. They have seen his miracles. They have seen his teaching. They have seen him heal the sick radically and amazingly. He's seen them set people free from demonic oppression. First-hand experience of that going on. And I don't know about you, but I feel like that must have been a very exciting time to be walking the earth with Jesus. Seeing him do all these things. Seeing him perform wonderful, wonderful miracles. They witnessed Jesus displaying the most incredible examples of power, stuff they had never seen before. But then Jesus says things like, you know what, you, you, my followers, you will do the same things that I do, and wait for it, and even greater things. Amazing news. Jesus is performing miracles all over the place, and he says, you know what, you as my followers, you will perform those things too, but, and even greater. What a promise. All their hopes and their dreams of a saviour, of a messiah, seem to be resting on this man. It's amazing. What a time to be alive. But then Jesus starts saying some other things. Things like, I am going away. Or it is better that I go. 
And I would, as a disciple of Jesus, I'd be scratching my head going, but I thought, I thought you were the saviour. I thought you were coming to make all things new and to restore all things. You can't be going, surely. You can't be going anywhere. Stay, stay, stay. And then the story goes on. Jesus is betrayed. He is arrested. He's falsely accused. He is denied by his closest friends. He's beaten and abused. And then he's executed on a cross. The man that they have put all of their hope and dreams into is now dead. And it seems as though all their hope maybe was put into Jesus for nothing. But then, gloriously, as he predicted, he comes back from the dead. They find the tomb is empty. He's alive again and he appears to them, not just as like a ghost or an apparition or a nice idea, but as their friend who they recognize and they talk with and they can touch and eat with and share time with. It's amazing. He's alive again. Hallelujah. But then he's only with them for a short amount of time because then he leaves just as he said he would. He ascends to be with the Father and he's gone again. But his direction to his disciples, his followers, is to wait in Jerusalem because the promised Holy Spirit is going to now come. Jesus said, it is better that I go so that the helper can come to you. And they realize that at the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is poured out upon him, upon the group of believers. They receive power. And I guess they begin to really fully realize what Jesus meant when he said, it is better that I go so that the Spirit would come. They begin to realize and step into all that Jesus has said to them about now doing the works that he has done and even greater things. He told them to wait for the Holy Spirit and that they would receive power to be his witnesses. And that's exactly what happens. And the church is birthed. And we see the account of that throughout the book of Acts. They become witnesses to the miraculous power of the gospel. They have received Jesus' power just as he had promised them. They have been filled, they have been clothed with the Holy Spirit, God himself, to be witnesses to the world, to carry this message of good news, the gospel of peace, to the world. They now have the power to be witnesses to Jesus' kingdom. They have received power the power of God to lead people to salvation, to heal the sick, to work the miraculous things that Jesus said that they would do. And this is true for you today if you are a follower of Jesus. Wherever you are around the world, if you are a follower of Jesus, he has given you the same authority, the same power to work miracles and display the good news of the gospel of peace wherever you go. I want to help us to see that miracles, this miracle-working power, is still a vital part of what it means for us to put on these good news shoes. Miracles are vital for you in your readiness to share the gospel of peace with the world around you. Before I move on, it's just worth me explaining a little bit what I mean about miracles. What are miracles? I'm just going to take a couple minutes to explain really what I mean. 
So miracles show the power and the presence and also the love of God. They show people what the kingdom of God is like. Miracles are meant to draw attention to the love and compassion of God. Miracles are to be a signpost to point people to God's presence and power. I don't know about you, but if I'm walking around where I live in the city of London and I'm not sure where I'm going, I sometimes get to the point where I am desperately in need of a signpost. I really need to know which way I'm going. Where's the River Thames? Where do I need to go next to find my destination? And miracles work as a signpost. Miracles work in the same way. They point people in the right direction towards the nature and the character of God. It's why they are often referred to as signs and wonders, because they are things that signpost us towards something that we need to take a moment and just wonder about it, be left awestruck in amazement about what has just happened. They are demonstrations of God's awesome grace and mercy towards mankind. They display also God's personal touch and tenderness towards people. For Jesus also, his signs and wonders, his miracles, were as a confirmation of his authenticity. If you didn't believe his claims about who he was, if you didn't believe what he said, man, you need to start listening when he starts performing miracles, setting people free from demonic powers, cleansing the lepers. Miracles are a way of proclaiming that the message we carry is authentic. Miracles can often be and are often physical healings, miraculous physical healings. Jesus and the apostles seem to do this a lot. But the emphasis in the New Testament of what miracles means is really power. They are works of power, the working of power. Put simply, believers, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are given the power of God to do through the Holy Spirit what in yourself you are unable to do. For followers of Jesus, such as Peter here in this account that we read in Acts 5, and for you today, if you are a follower of Jesus, we can also expect to see miracles happen when we pray. As we live out our lives, believing God to work miracles through us, the people around us get to see what God is like, what his kingdom is like, and that he really is who he says he is. Miracles show people that our message of good news is not only true and authentic, but also that it genuinely has power to change lives and to change circumstances. I want to encourage you that performing miracles is something for every follower of Jesus. I'll touch on this a little bit later, but this is for you. Miracles are for you if you are a follower of Jesus, and it should be a regular part of our walk with Jesus. That first verse that we read in Acts 5 verse 12, in the NIV translation, it says the apostles performed many signs and wonders amongst the people. In the English Standard Version, the translation, it says many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. This should be a regular thing. It should be something we expect in our day-to-day lives. It should be a regular part of the way that we go about proclaiming the gospel of peace. Our prayer is that what maybe for you might be an every now and then situation, every now and then you witness a miracle, every now and then when you pray for the sick they're healed. My prayer for you today 
is that actually it would go from being an every now and then to a many experience, to a regular experience. Many signs and wonders being done at all times. Many miracles being performed at all times. And I just want to now unpack a couple things uh, that we see in this passage in Acts 5 about miracles to help us learn and grow in our expectation and our faith that this thing is something that needs to happen more and more. So firstly, is that miracles are meant to attract attention. Miracles for the Christian are meant to be like putting on a tall pair of platform shoes. The thing about putting on a pair of platform shoes is that they draw attention. Surprise, surprise. No one ever walked down the street wearing a pair of platform shoes and wanted to stay unnoticed. They're bright, they're big, they're chunky. And the thing about platform shoes, these platform shoes, the gospel of peace platform shoes, is that actually, although they draw attention, they're not intended to draw attention to us. This is really important. They're not intended to draw attention to us, but actually they're meant to draw attention to the God, the glorious God who works this miraculous power through us. And this is what happens in the passage we read. Miracles are performed, and what do we read? That more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall on them, some of them as they passed by. Crowds gathered from also the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Miracles are performed, and people get drawn in. Crowds gather. It's not only even the people from within Jerusalem where these miracles are taking place. It's people from other towns, other communities in the surrounding area. People see the incredible power that the followers of Jesus had, and they were attracted to it. They wanted to get in on this. They wanted to see what was happening. They wanted to see if this power, this miraculous power, could affect their lives as well. And that platform that miracles make is often something that leads to salvations. Miracles are so often followed by salvations in the accounts of the early followers of Jesus. Miracles um, are, of course, not always the way that, and the only way that people witness the kingdom of God and get drawn in and get saved. But actually, if you work through the accounts of the book of Acts, so often, actually, I think it's the most common way that people get introduced to the kingdom of God and end up getting saved is because they witness miraculous works of power by the hands of Jesus' followers. People realize how powerful God is. People realize how compassionate God is, how perfectly loving he is, and how actually he knows them in their pain and in their situation. People see the evidence of God's power and presence when miracles are performed at the hands of Christians. Just think about the person maybe who has struggled with a long-term illness for many, many years, many years. Just think of that moment, actually, if a follower of Jesus lays hands on them and prays in Jesus' name that that illness would go. One moment, they're ill, they're sick, they're in pain. The next moment... They're free from pain. They're healed completely. What a demonstration of the tender love and care of God. It points people to the gospel of peace. 
And if we want to see our communities changed, if we want to see more people born again into God's kingdom, into God's family, we need to realize that miracles must play a key role in that becoming a reality. In Acts 5, the whole community and surrounding communities gets changed and the church is built up. It draws people close. My plea is that we will expect this more and more. If you're a follower of Jesus, you would expect this to be the normal. My prayer is that for you in your community, wherever you are, and the surrounding community, actually people will be drawn in to taste and to see the goodness of God as we step out into the miraculous every single day. But there's something else that happens when the people of God start working in miracles, is that actually miracles also attract opposition. We see this in Acts 5 verse 17. It says that then the high priests and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. The people of God working miracles is like a direct attack on the kingdom of darkness. It also stirs up opposition from religious people because the message of Jesus' kingdom says, actually, all of my power, all of my authority, all of my ability to work miracles is not reserved for just a few. It's not just reserved for those who are pious enough or devout enough. Actually, it is available to all people. But those as we read in Acts 5, who are self-righteous and living out a works-based religious life, actually want to make sure that the power is only in the hands of a few. They want to hold it close. And actually, this is the second time within the space of a couple chapters that the Jewish religious leaders of the day tried to stop the followers of Jesus from speaking or teaching in Jesus' name, performing miracles in Jesus' name. They don't like it. They don't like that the message of Jesus is bringing freedom and value to all people, regardless of race, regardless of economic background, regardless of gender, education, or piety. The miracles are for all people. And this is going to stir opposition in some people's hearts. Because it's important to remember that actually throughout the New Testament, miracles being performed is not only something that the apostles do. It's not only something the apostles do. In this text we read, it is the apostles doing this. It is Peter. But we have other examples in the book of Acts where other people do the same. Take Stephen, for example. What a great person to look at as an example. Just one chapter later in Acts chapter 6, Stephen was not an apostle, but it says that he was full of grace and power and was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Ananias, another example of a guy who's not an apostle in Acts 9. He was called by God to lay hands on Saul, who would go on to become the apostle Paul, lay hands on him so that his sight would be restored and that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Working miracles in the name of Jesus is for anyone who is a child of God. Anyone. But that will upset some people. That will upset some people. That will cause people to stand in opposition against you. And you know what? Satan really hates. He hates it when God's people realize and step into the power that they have. 
Satan is working at all times to lie to us, to steal from us, to kill and destroy. That is his aim. His kingdom is all about destroying people's lives and stealing people's joy. But you know what? The message that you carry, if you are a follower of Jesus, is a message to build people up. It's a message that brings healing, proclaims freedom to the captives. It's a message that proclaims the love of God. And wherever you are in the world, when you step into the platform shoes of the good news of the gospel of peace and begin to pray and expect miracles to happen, you're going to face some opposition. It might be that actually just people seem to steer clear of you. And we kind of, we, that's what verse 13 in our passage is suggesting. That some people witnessed the regular workings and the signs and wonders. And it just kept, they kept themselves away from the Christians. They kept themselves at a distance. That might be where you're at. Maybe in your workplace. Maybe amongst your friends and family. That as you want to step out and pray for people, actually they just keep their distance from you. They don't really want to have anything to do with it. They might respect you, but they don't want to have anything to do with it. But actually, it might be for you, in your context, that as you step out and as you pray for miracles to take place in the name of Jesus publicly, it could cause massive, life-threatening opposition to rise up against you. And my encouragement for you is this. Don't fear. God is with you. This is what he has called you to do. He will protect you. He will, like he does in verse 18 of Acts 5, if you read on, command his angels concerning you to look after you, to watch you. And he will glorify himself through your boldness. He will save people. He will fight your battles for you. He will heal and deliver people. He will leave people astonished. Those who doubt the claims of Jesus, he will silence them and bring them into truth. This opposition ultimately led to more salvations in the book of Acts. It led to more kingdom fruit rather than less. And just like it was for the followers of Jesus in the book of Acts, this should be our regular experience for all of us. After all, like I said earlier, Jesus said, you will do the things that I do. Even if Jesus stopped there, that would be amazing. But he goes on and says, and even greater things you will do in my name. The early followers of Jesus seemed to take this seriously. So you've been given power and authority to work miracles. And just as I come into close, I guess my appeal to you, if you are a follower of Jesus that is hungry to see more and more of this in your life, in your community, maybe in your church. If you are a follower of Jesus, we're believing in the same Jesus that performed miracle after miracle. And he is alive today. He is alive today. And he wants to do the same and more through you. I'm encouraging you, appealing to you to believe that the same Holy Spirit who empowered Peter and the early church, that same Holy Spirit is in you and can work miracles, miraculous power through you. My encouragement to you is believe it. Pray it. Ask God to use you.
Ask the Spirit of God to fill you with power. Earnestly desire the gift of miracles. Keep persevering and seeking God for the miraculous to be worked through you. But actually, my appeal also to you, if maybe you're someone who you recognize you're desperately in need of a miracle, my appeal is this to you. God loves you, and he knows you. He knows what you need even before you know it yourself. It might be physical healing. It might be an emotional or or mental healing. It might be the restoration of years that you feel have been taken from you. It might be the need for reconciliation between yourself and a loved one or freedom from an addiction that you're suffering with. God knows and his heart is full of compassion for you. You might know in your heart that you cannot break through this situation on your own. You need a miracle and the miracle working God is willing today. Today is a day and right now is a moment well, maybe the, it might be the first time that you've ever prayed that you can speak with God yourself and ask him to work a miracle in your life. He is listening and he knows what's best for you. Ask him and see what he does. I'm encouraged by the people in, uh, in our, the passage that we read in Acts 5 who are basically saying, we've seen this miraculous power and we're hoping that maybe even Peter's shadow will pass over us and we might be healed. I'm encouraged by the fact that although this is likely to be connected with some superstition from their culture, actually they're not condemned for it. Actually, it's the first time that they've witnessed such a miraculous power. And they're just hungry. They're, they're, they're wanting to do whatever they can to be part of what God wants to do in them and through them. So God is with us. He's with you if you're a follower of Jesus. He's equipped you with the authority and the power to work miracles in your context, wherever you are. The miraculous is available for you. I encourage you, seek God for it, pray for it. Ask him to do it through you. I'm going to pray to close. I encourage you, as I'm praying, pray with me, pray along with me. Bring your own desire to the Lord. Father, I thank you that you are good. I thank you that you have all power, all authority in your hands. And I thank you that this power is available to anyone who would follow you and call on your name. I pray that the gospel of peace would be demonstrated wherever, wherever we are through the regular working of miracles. Lord, I pray that our communities will be transformed by a display of God's power and love through his people as we put on these platform shoes. Lord, I pray even in the midst of opposition that we would have boldness, we would have courage from God to continue stepping out to perform miracles in your name. I pray for anyone who has recently been involved with planting a church or trying to establish a community of believers in where they live. Lord, I pray that at the core of who they are, they would trust you for miracles and that the community around them would witness and be drawn in, that they'd be attracted to the community of believers in that place because they see and witness and taste of the power and love 
of God. Amen.